It's great to have you here on the Clark Howard Show, where it's about you and your wallet. I want you to learn ideas from me so you can keep more of what you make. Now, coming up a little bit later in today's Clark Rageous Moment, another big data breach, this one affecting people uh, in the millions. I'll fill you in on it. What you need to know, what you need to do as the information trickles out. And then later, two murders just in a couple of days involving people uh, getting Ubers or Lyfts. I want to talk about things I do to be safe when I'm getting an Uber or Lyft, things you should know, other suggestions that will keep you out of harm's way if you are using a rideshare service. I want to talk right now about something that happened, speaking of transportation, beginning of this week, six of the nation's airlines had to cancel a lot of flights and had lengthy delays because of a technical system they use for flying went down and it took airlines from an hour or so to many hours to get their planes back in the air and there are so many computer systems we're dependent on and as best anybody knows the problems it's a database that that many airlines use in the airline industry there was not a hack or anything like that it was just a a mess up with the software with the system that led to the problems and it was brutal for people who on a monday morning were trying to get somewhere for meetings or a convention or business or whatever and couldn't get there or got there really late because of this problem with software and I think about the challenges we face with particularly foreign actors that want to hit vulnerable technology systems that we've got whether it's the Russians the Chinese the North Koreans the Iranians somebody who despises us who is who is at it that There are a lot of dire stories I read about the vulnerabilities of our power grid, about the vulnerabilities of our oil um, production, the vulnerabilities of our railroads, airlines, um, municipal systems. You may remember that there was a big city that was hit. The city of Atlanta was hit by a ring of hackers that held the city hostage and said, pay this ransom or you're never getting your computers back. And the courts, the municipal courts could not hold trials. Uh, People couldn't pay for tickets. People couldn't sign up for service, for water from the city, or any of a number of functions all shut down. And the city did something that, to me, was right. They would not pay the, the ransom people, what do you call people, the extortionists, And instead, they went through the hard work of writing new code and hardening their software to try to prevent a hacker coming at them again. But the thing I want you to know is we are going to face continuing threats from people who want to bring harm to the United States, like the Russians and the Chinese and the North Koreans, the Iranians, uh, whoever else. And uh, the Russians absolutely at the top of my list as 
an arch enemy of the United States. But regardless, we, even though we have vulnerabilities, we are not sitting ducks. And one thing people fail to understand about business and capitalism is that businesses adapt to whatever conditions they find themselves in. So somebody may try to hit us with a body blow, but it will only be a glancing blow. It doesn't mean that you get lazy, that you don't have good systems in place. Uh, Think about when the consequences are not to the company, but to others, like with Equifax, and how horrific it was that this company so callously disregarded the security of your and my information that we didn't even give them permission to keep. And so Equifax has continued to be extremely profitable in spite of the massive harm they caused to roughly two-thirds of American adults. And Equifax, by the way, has still not suffered any punishment at all. But generally, when there is an attack by a foreign actor, they are trying to disrupt commerce or they are trying to disrupt society. And do not sell us short as a country. Do not sell our allies short that we have around the world. That even if forces of evil in a, uh, in a dictatorship want to harm us, we will be able to adapt. Having said all that, I do want to talk about the greatest threat to American business that exists, and that is hackers who are usually not governmentally related, but are criminal hackers here in the United States or overseas that specifically target small businesses. And a small business does not have the resources or the capability of surviving a brutal attack. And that's why I encourage you, if you're a small business owner, to absolutely have insurance from your business lines insurer to protect you against data breaches. Because your business could be destroyed. And, of course, business would go on for society. But your business that you've worked so hard to build up maybe won't survive an attack from a determined hacker. Ethan is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Ethan. How are you doing? Hey, Clark. How are you? There you go, Ethan. How are you doing? I'm doing well. How are you? Good, thank you. You're looking for a new car, huh? Yeah, so I, uh, I'm a recent college graduate, recently started my first professional job at a CPA firm, so I kind of feel like my professional life is falling into place piece by piece with the exception of uh, my transportation. I'm at the point where I desperately need to uh, replace the old... Wait, 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 wait. If you, just, if you just went to work at a CPA firm, when are you ever going to be able to drive the vehicle you're going to look for? Because all you're going to be doing is working 168 out of 168 hours a week. Isn't that right? Uh, just about right, but at some point you have to drive to and from the client sites. <laughs> okay. Um, yeah, but uh, so... Yeah, I had a couple questions about uh, protecting my credit while I'm uh, obtaining financing for the car. So I know you're supposed to get um, quotes from other other sources. I know I can get a good rate at my credit union, but 
I was wondering if I'm going to my credit union or to a bank or to the dealership and getting different quotes. Uh, isn't that repeated, those repeated credit inquiries going to hurt my credit score? So is there any way to protect against that? So that is a fantastic question. And there is an exception to how hard inquiries work on credit for vehicle loans and for mortgages. So for vehicle loans, all applications in a two-week period are treated as if they are a single application. Because nobody thinks that you at once, Ethan, are going to go buy half a dozen cars. Yeah. So you are you are a-okay if you were to go apply many different places for a vehicle loan, as long as you do it in that concentrated two-week window. Okay, great. And I, I will be that. stunned, stunned beyond measure, if you find a better loan rate for a vehicle at any bank versus what you'd find at a credit union. Because credit, yeah, yeah, credit unions tend to write uh, vehicle loans about one and a half point percentage points lower than banks do on average. Mm-hmm. So there's an enormous uh, savings that you have with a vehicle by getting it from a credit union and a big, big advantage over getting financing at the car dealer that you're going to get a vehicle. Are you getting new or used? Uh, I'm going to buy used, like a two, two years old maybe. Okay. Um, if you might consider... Are you, are you buying a car or an SUV or what kind of vehicle? Uh, a car. All right. So with a car, right now, because of distortions in the marketplace, you may be able to buy a new vehicle, a new car, for mm-hmm. a price that is so close in price to what a two-year-old one would be that you may find that your best deal will be to buy one with basically zero miles on the odometer brand new because uh, car sales have declined so much and they decline quicker than automakers were prepared for and so there tends to be an oversupply with most brands for uh, cars where not as much for the SUV segment. Okay, that's not uh, advice you hear every day to buy new. <laughs> yeah, you, well, when would you ever hear that from me? So it has to be an unusual alignment of the stars that would make that true. You'll find that if yeah, you the- went if you went older than two years, if you went, let's say, three particularly four-year-old vehicle, that you would find that the price advantage is still great buying used versus new. But two-year-old versus new on a passenger car I doubt you're going to find the price advantage buying used versus new. Derek's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hi, Derek. Hi, Clark. How are you doing today? Great. Thank you, Derek. You've got a mountain of credit card debt, I gather. I do. Yes, I do. Um, A series of bad decisions, um, but trying to work our way out of it. Okay. And with the credit card debt, are you able to pay more than the minimums, or are you really drowning at the point where you can only pay minimums each month? We're, we're paying a little over the minimums. Okay. All right. So how are you processing? How are you thinking you want to deal with this debt? My thought is we have equity in our home. And so my thought was entertain a home equity line of credit 
pay down the credit card debt and then pay the home equity line of credit as the interest rate may be lower than the credit card. Yeah, the interest rate on the home equity line, as long as you credit score out okay, will be maybe a third of what it is on the interest rate on the credit cards. Okay. And so that, but it's a floating rate just like the credit cards. The difference is you're putting your home potentially at risk with the home equity line that you don't with the credit cards. But I would like you to consider something before you do that, uh, a couple of things. Instead of putting your home at risk, I'd like you to see if you could refi a lot of that credit card debt with one of two organizations you may or may not have heard me talk about, Prosper.com and LendingClub.com. Okay. Are you familiar with either of those? Uh, I'm not. So they're both organizations where individuals lend money to individuals. Okay. And a lot of people will go there to refi credit card debt, often at a significantly lower rate than what people are paying on the credit card debt. Now, again, that will depend on your credit score and how many months you want to borrow the money to pay against that credit card debt to pay it off to zero. Now, one other thing I would consider, if you're only able to pay a little more than minimums, I think it would really benefit you to go sit down with a budget counselor at an affiliate of the National Foundation for Credit Counseling. I don't know if that's an organization that's name's familiar to you. No, could you say that again? Yeah, the National Foundation for Credit Counseling. They're nonprofit. It's a nonprofit umbrella for legitimate credit counseling agencies. Okay. And most affiliates offer budget counseling for free, where they'll go over your whole financial picture and help you uh, get your debt under control with a plan. Um, uh, usually just a budget, unless you need more than that. And if you go to the website NFCC for National Foundation for Credit Counseling, nfcc.org, you'll be able to put in your zip code and see the closest affiliate that you could go make an appointment with and sit down with and go over your your expenses, your income, and come up with a plan to get you to zero debt. You're already well on your way because of the first thing you said to me, Derek. I don't know if you know what that was. The first thing you said bad choices on my part. Most people who are not ready to tackle their debts make excuses for it. You faced it head on. It's time for today's Clark Rageous Moment. What a special warning I have for you. Scams, rip-offs, outrages. It's a Clark Rageous Moment. Georgia Tech, one of the nation's premier engineering schools, got hit by a data breach that exposed the information of 1.3 million people. That's an incredible number. It's present and past students. It doesn't say it, but I assume that it's applicants, because how would you ever come up with that many students? Uh, Faculty, staff, administration, blah, 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 uh, deep layers of personal information, And you may not know this because we get to the point where we zone out on these breaches. That takes us to, as best known already, roughly 150 colleges that have been breached by hackers in just the last year. Why? Okay, so 
if I'm somebody looking to score money off of people, I want to go after where the money is. And college graduates earn roughly 60% more on average than non-college graduates. So there is a real uh, target that is so attractive to hackers. Know that if you have a college degree, you teach or work at a university, there's such a desire to get at your social security number, address, other personally identifiable information. You need to freeze your credit files right away if you've not already done so. You go to Clark.com. I've got a credit freeze guide. Within 15 minutes, you can have access to your credit shut down, at least from the three major bureaus. I'm glad you're with us here on the Clark Howard Show, where it's about your empowerment with knowledge so you can keep more of what you make. Clark.com is our main website, ClarkDeals.com, where you go to save money each and every day. So there have been two tragic murders just in the last several days of people who were using rideshare services. And it is a problem that has been around since rideshare became very popular. And there are any of a number of different angles to this, but in one of the cases of the last week, a woman who had summoned a rideshare got in what she thought was the rideshare, and it was actually someone who abducted and murdered her. It is just a horrendous story. And I want to talk to you about simple steps you can take to be safer when you are using Uber or Lyft. And it starts with this. If you are going to be riding in an Uber or Lyft, you should do what my teenage daughter has done. She has set up an automatic notification system with Uber and Lyft that when she gets in one, that it sends an alert to a list of people, and you can set this up however you want, letting you know that they're on a ride, and you get to track the ride and make sure the person arrives safely where they're intending to go. So it works a little differently with Uber than with Lyft for you as the person receiving a text message, but both systems are very, very easy for you to be able to track someone and know that your loved one has arrived safely where they're going. And that is something that is something you just set up automatically. Um, when you have requested an Uber or Lyft, you always want to check the license tag or plate of the vehicle. In states that have tags or plates on both the front of a vehicle and the back, and the back it's much easier for you to know that you're getting in the right vehicle. It's more difficult in states that only have a tag or plate on the back. But my recommendation is in those states, if you're riding in an Uber or Lyft, walk first to the back of the vehicle. And at that point, you can see if the license plate or tag matches up with what you've been notified by Uber or Lyft. This is important because a lot of times Uber or Lyft will reach a deal with an auto manufacturer or a seller and you'll 
see a lot of the same exact vehicle being driven by Uber or Lyft drivers. Uh, my son and I were at the Fort Lauderdale airport recently waiting for a hotel shuttle. And the hotel shuttle came to the same place where you get an Uber or Lyft. And there were it was a huge crowd of people waiting for Ubers and Lyfts. And this silver um, Kia pulls up. I don't know which kind of Kia model it was. And we saw all these people going straight towards this silver Kia. Well, it turned out that everybody there was expecting their driver in a, in a silver Kia, I guess. And they were all converging on it. My son and I were both laughing, watching all these people going. Because obviously, 25 people weren't all getting in that one Kia. And so that's why the license tag or plate is so very important. And when you come up to a driver and you're getting in one, don't say the driver's name. Don't say, are you Jim or Mary or whatever. You ask the, ask the driver to identify himself or herself, and you have a picture of that individual. So, you know, you can't prevent every problem if there's a driver who's not okay. You can't prevent that problem this way. But you do help that problem with the notification to loved ones that you're on a ride and what route you're supposed to be on. And if it varies from that route, you need to know that. And uh, here's something else you need to know. You know how drivers will have those um, things on their dash for Lyft or Uber? Anybody can go online right now and buy an identifier for Uber or Lyft, parade around as if they are an Uber or Lyft driver, and trick somebody into getting in their vehicle. And I don't care what the circumstance is, if somebody comes up and says, hey, you're looking for a ride, if you haven't ordered that ride on your phone, do not get in that vehicle period. Carol's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Carol. Hi, Clark. How are you today? Great. Thank you, Carol. So you got an offer from a bank and you don't know if it's friend or foe. Well, I received many offers from credit card companies saying that if I would like to apply for their credit card, if I use it within so many months and spend so much money that they're going to offer me a cash reward. And this sounds very intriguing, but um, having discussions with my husband, I don't really know if this is a good idea or not. Well, that depends uh, on a couple of things. So if you can meet the spending target, that'll get you these days, depending on what offer you get, the cash or cash equivalent in points or miles tends to be on these offers a couple hundred dollars to 500 or so. And and that's not a problem. And we pay off our credit card every single month. So I'm never paying interest. So are you thinking in the next, oh, let's say six to nine months in either buying a home or refinancing a home? No. So you're settled where you are, you're not making any major purchases that a little pinch on your credit score would be a problem? No. If you're disciplined about it, do it. There are people who, 
there are all these bloggers that post information about how to bounce from one of these offers to another to another. And if you're methodical about it, you can pick up a few thousand dollars a year in free money. How many many times could I do that a year? So with Chase, you can do it five times in two years with their products. And uh, American Express has a limit. I'm trying to remember what theirs is. Maybe four times in 18 months. I forget. But you can... You can, as long as there's no administrative thing like that that you would bump up against, you uh-huh. can just keep doing that. And I'm serious. There are people that do this as like part-time fun where they bounce from card to card to card to card. And as long as uh, you always pay your balances in full and you're not contemplating a major purchase, what happens, it's a mix because the application you do for the credit will temporarily impact your credit score maybe 12 to 20 points. But then having additional available credit will ultimately raise your credit score. And do I cancel the card when I've received the offer and I'm not going to use it anymore? Only if it has an annual fee. Okay. So So it doesn't matter if I have a whole list of open... No, not at all. I mean, there are people doing this now who have as many as 30 open accounts. And those large number of open accounts will only harm you at a time where a mortgage underwriter will say, wait a minute, you could take out $350,000 in credit? (laughs) And then they make you close accounts before they'll go forward. But other than that, it is just fine. Michael's with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Michael. Hey, Clark, how are you? Great, thank you, Michael. You got a question for me about what's known as socially responsible investing. Yes, um, I was just wondering, There's, uh, I'm in the process of looking into opening a Roth IRA, and um, I was wondering, um, with the exchange-traded funds, they're called ESG, Environmental, Social, and Governance uh, Exchange-Traded Funds, I was just wondering if that's something that would be good to do to save for retirement. So normally I would not recommend socially responsible investing as part of the diversification I'd want you to have in a Roth IRA. But I want to talk about this two ways, okay? I'm going to sound like I'm talking out of both sides of my mouth, which you have to do when you talk about socially responsible investing. Okay. For efficiency for your Roth IRA your best use of money is to go into a target retirement fund unless you want to actively manage your Roth. In a target retirement fund, there's a mix based on the year you estimate you're going to retire that continually changes through the years to give you the most cost-efficient diversification of your money you can have, and it puts your investing on automatic pilot. If you start getting into exchange-traded funds and in this case, doing an ETF. And I should say to you, some socially uh, responsible funds are very, very costly. You pay much higher annual management fees with others. What kind of management fee does the fund have you're looking at? I'll be quite honest, I'm not really sure. All right, I want you to find that out because you want to try to keep your um, expense ratios down as low as possible and with 
a lot of the socially responsible, you're paying um, as much as 20 times what you have to in an index fund or about five to 10 times what you would have to in a target retirement fund for expenses. So if you find um, a socially responsible fund, like Vanguard has one that the expense ratio on it is 0.12 of 1%, which is like nothing. That's almost free investing. So if you wanted to do that, you could, but just know you're not going to have going into one of these near the kind of uh, spreading out of your money that I want you to have for retirement. Okay, because those are the exactly the ones that I was looking at, the ones through uh, Vanguard. Oh, um, okay. So, so yeah, that, those were the ones I was looking at. Um, but so then I it's w- more a question of how important is this to you? You'll pinch your return over the years some when you eliminate what are often referred to as send stocks or whatever. When you, when you cut those out of your portfolio, it will reduce how diversified your portfolio is and somewhat reduce your return. You also will have more of a what's known as static investment profile rather than how it will change as you get closer to retirement. So I would want you to manage it more closely. But if it's really important for you, you know, not to not to have tobacco companies in there or not to have um, you know, socially responsible it can be fi- defined a bunch of different ways. It could be um, coal companies or potentially oil companies or whatever it is that are the companies that your conscience doesn't want you investing with. If that's a high priority for you, you could do a lot worse than doing it with the Vanguard. In fact, that's probably the lowest cost anybody offers of a socially responsible fund. Deb is with us on the Clark Howard Show. Hello, Deb. Hi, Clark. Deb, I understand Um, you went through the process of doing something great for yourself and froze your credit. I did. I'm kind of a more recent listener, and thank you for your advice and all the information you freely give. And I took your advice, and I did the Credit Karma thing, and I froze my credit with the three credit bureaus. But I had a question. Um specifically about when I have to thaw my credit. Um, When that happens, do I have to thaw all three credit bureaus, or how does that work? It completely depends. If, you know, most companies that are trying to decide whether to grant you credit are only going to check your file with one bureau. And they may disclose to you in writing, let's say you get a credit card solicitation, may tell you that we... We will decide whether we want to grant you credit based on an Experian credit report or something like that. Or they may be silent on it. Now, my frustration has been that if you call a credit grantor like a credit card company and you ask customer no service, you tell them your credit's frozen, and you ask which credit bureau do I need to thaw, usually the people at customer no service don't know enough to even know what that question means and can't answer it. So if you have the knowledge, you'll only need to thaw the one. It's free no matter how many you have to do, but it's a little bit more, you're exposing yourself more and you got a little more work if you have to thaw all three because they're clueless. And if you're ever applying for a mortgage, you have to thaw all three. And through the home buying process, you need to leave your credit thawed for probably a minimum of 45 days. Okay, great. 
and That's good information. Do not lose your codes. Yeah, I, well, I discovered, especially I think it was with Equifax, like when I printed out, um, it had the PIN number on it. The other two allow you to, to do your own PIN number, but I didn't realize, whoa, this PIN number is important. <laughs> yes, because if you lose it and you need to do something in a hurry involving credit or starting new service, wow, what a pain it is. It's Ask Clark time. That's where you post a question for me at clark.com slash ask. And, well, Joel very well may ask your question for you. All right, Clark, let's ask M's question. She says, I'm wondering if the no-haggle price offered by more and more dealers is real or just another marketing gimmick to get us in the showroom. Are we still paying too much? We're talking about cars. Yep, exactly. Are their offered prices really rock bottom and fair to both the consumer and the dealer, or should we really go in ready to haggle a little bit? So when you... Buy a car at No Haggle, which was pioneered by CarMax and now is becoming the dominant way that used vehicles are sold. Carvana is the fast-growing competitor to CarMax. AutoNation, the nation's largest traditional vehicle chain, is uh, rolling out No Haggle pricing, one fixed price on used vehicles step-by-step around the country. This is going to be the way you buy vehicles use vehicles the real tipping point was tesla which doesn't use dealers and from the first vehicle they ever sold forward everything was a fixed price the customer satisfaction for it is much much higher the productivity of the employees much higher the prices you pay will be higher than somebody who is very aggressive negotiating a deal but a typical average price over all the buyers so if you are somebody who loves the hunt and loves the negotiation and really does your homework you'll likely get a better price if you go to a dealer that negotiates that's not most people buying a used vehicle all right clark patrick had a quick question about saving at the gas pump he says he heard you mention the costco card but he doesn't have a membership there is there a better way to maximize savings at the pump well again another warehouse club sam's club's credit card if you get it uh no annual fee for the card it's five percent cash back on gasoline that to my knowledge is the best out there in the united states you're listening to the clark howard show Thanks for joining us today. The Clark Howard Show is produced by Kim Drobes, Joel Larsgaard, Deborah Reese, and Jim Ayers. And remember, 24 hours a day, we're there to serve you at Clark.com and ClarkDeals.com.